Start selling on Shopify today. Go to shopify.com slash CNN for a $1 per month trial. Hey everyone, I'm Kristen Holmes, CNN correspondent in for David Chalian. This is the CNN Political Briefing. Here's what you need to know in politics for Wednesday, March 15th. The White House is facing some tricky obstacles abroad this week, and it could be an issue Republicans take to the 2024 campaign trail. For the first time since the beginning of the war in Ukraine, Russian and U.S. military aircraft have come into direct physical contact. The U.S. military says a Russian fighter jet forced down a U.S. drone on Tuesday over the Black Sea near Crimea. Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin said there were two Russian jets. They both dumped fuel on the American drone, and then one of them actually hit the drone, resulting in a crash and forcing U.S. forces to bring the drone down in international waters. This hazardous episode is a part of a pattern of aggressive and risky and unsafe actions by Russian pilots in international airspace. So make no mistake, the United States will continue to fly and to operate wherever international law allows. And it is incumbent upon Russia to operate its military aircraft in a safe and professional manner. Two U.S. officials say the U.S. erased sensitive software on the drone remotely before it crashed to prevent Russia from collecting secret information. But even so, Russia has made clear it's trying to retrieve the wreckage of the drone to study it. White House officials say they're taking measures to make sure it won't fall into the wrong hands. Joint Chiefs Chair General Mark Milley said it's probably deep in the ocean by now, making recovery operations, quote, very difficult for anyone, adding he thinks the drone wreckage is no longer of intelligence value. He also said he wasn't sure if the Russian jet's actions were intentional, but that the intercept and the aggressive behavior were. As for what Russia's saying, well, they've denied the U.S. account of the incident, saying its jets did not come into contact with the drone. And the Russian ambassador to the U.S. said Moscow did not want a, quote, confrontation, but that the drone was too close to the Russian border. None of this is good for already tense U.S.-Russia relations. A Kremlin spokesperson said relations between the U.S. and Russia are in a, quote, deplorable state and at their, quote, lowest point. But the U.S. hasn't announced it's taking any action against Russia yet, suggesting the White House may be trying to avoid escalating things further. U.S. General Milley is also expected to speak with his Russian counterpart today. We do not seek armed conflict with Russia, and I believe that uh, at this point we should investigate this incident uh, and move on from there. This comes as fighting is intensifying in much of eastern Ukraine. A Ukrainian security official said he thinks this is a sign that Russia's ready to, quote, expand the conflict zone with the involvement of other parties. Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer had a strong warning for Russian President Vladimir Putin yesterday on the Senate floor. And I want to tell Mr. Putin, stop this behavior before you are the cause of an unintended escalation. We have seen this behavior from the Russian military before, and it will not deter the United States from conducting operations over the Black Sea. Some Republicans on Capitol Hill think the Biden administration isn't being tough enough on Russia for this. GOP Congressman Mike Lawler, who serves on the Foreign Affairs Committee, said he thinks this incident is similar to the Chinese spy balloon situation, and the Biden administration needs to take this seriously. Our enemies are, are provoking us, and they are uh, challenging us 
uh, in ways that we haven't seen in a, in a while. And I think the Biden administration uh, needs to be very firm and resolute in dealing with them. Uh, these are challenging times, and we need to take it seriously. South Carolina Republican Congresswoman Nancy Mace told Fox News what she thinks needs to be done next. And so far in the last 24 hours, it's just been a slap in the wrist. Russia is bad. Those are just empty words. But we have to take action. We cannot allow this to not have any consequences. And if we're unwilling to shoot down a Russian jet who brings down one of our pieces of equipment, then we ought to right. be uh, exacting more sanctions on Russia. There ought to be consequences to their actions. Russia's war in Ukraine has already become a talking point in the 2024 Republican race. And it doesn't appear to be much of a priority to the race's early frontrunners. We told you yesterday that early CNN polling showed former President Donald Trump and Florida Governor Ron DeSantis have a big early lead for the 2024 race, even though DeSantis hasn't even formally announced yet. Well, this week, DeSantis gave his clearest indication yet of where he stands on the Russian invasion. He told Fox News, quote, Becoming further entangled in a territorial dispute between Ukraine and Russia is not a, quote, vital national interest. And that's similar thinking to Donald Trump. At CPAC, he said he would end the war in one day. That being said, both men were talking about Russia and Ukraine, and not direct physical contact between Russia and the U.S. On the other hand, Republicans like Nikki Haley and Mike Pence warned that failing to stop Russia and Ukraine now could lead to disastrous confrontations later. We're already hearing some potential and official 2024 candidates mentioning the threat China poses to the U.S. too, which is something both parties agree on. President Biden still views China as the number one long-term threat to global peace and stability, even as Russia's war in Ukraine consumes a lot of political, military, and diplomatic attention. Remember, Beijing is considering arming Russia in Ukraine and is exerting military pressure on Taiwan. Earlier this week, alongside his Australian and British counterparts, Biden announced Australia will receive its own nuclear-powered submarines earlier than expected, in 2032, as a way to counter China's naval dominance in the Indo-Pacific. As we stand at the inflection point in history, where the hard work of enhancing deterrence and promoting stability is going to affect the prospect of peace for decades to come, the United States can ask for no better partners in the Indo-Pacific where so much of our shared future will be written. China did not like that. Its foreign minister said the three countries have, quote, gone down a wrong and dangerous road. So as we get closer to 2024, keep an eye on how all the potential candidates address these pressing foreign policy issues, because it doesn't look like they're going anywhere. That's it for today's political briefing. Thank you so much for listening. And if you like the show, please consider rating and reviewing us on Apple Podcasts. We'll talk to you tomorrow.